Welcome back to New to Medical Device Sales. I am your host, Jacob McLaughlin, and today I have a very special guest. I'm excited for the guest we are bringing you guys today. Me and Zach have been messaging back and forth trying to get this on. We both are very busy with our schedules, so it's nice to be able to do this. So today we are bringing Zach Scafati on the podcast, and Zach broke in with one of the fastest-growing medical device companies in the plastic space. And they're having a lot of success. He came in and we're, we're excited to talk about is as a full line sales rep. Again, just similar to myself, he was able to break in. And so we're going to dig deep into that and his story and what he did to separate himself. So Zach, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you bringing me on. I know, like you said, we've been back and forth trying to get this going for what, like a month, month and a half now, <laughs> but yeah. the stars have finally aligned and uh, I'm, I'm glad they have. Happy to join here. Yeah, we're finally able to make it work, but yeah, we, we've talked several times offline and you know, we, we had a lot of similar stories uh, and parts in our stories that lined up and that's why I'm excited to bring you guys Zach today um, because again, just a guy who worked hard, but Zach, can you kind of just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, kind of basically before MedDevice and then maybe how you found MedDevice? Yeah, so I went to school majored in uh, economics. Uh, I know you were kinesiology, right? Yep. Um, so you had that science background, but kind of everything else that you didn't have, I was also in the same boat, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I came out of college, went into you know, finance, um, did that for about four and a half years, uh, you know, enjoyed it. But at the end of the day, you know, there was, there was probably some more that I was missing in my life, both personally, professionally. Um, so I decided to make that change and I kind of put my mind to it. Um, didn't have a sales background, didn't have a medical device background, didn't have a science background. So I was quite literally over three on paper <laughs> for when a recruiter looks at it and says, okay, is this person a good fit? Uh, you know, didn't have any of that got filtered out probably by a lot of software systems when you submit your resumes. Um, but to a lot of the points that you've, you've brought up in our discussions and on the podcast as well, you know, it's just, but just about being persistent. And, and if you want to do it and you know, it's the right fit for you kind of sticking with it and doing the little things. Yeah. Yeah, I know. that's awesome. So again, so you're in finance, you're like, okay, looking at something different how, how did you find medical device sales? And like, then what like really drew you to like really go as hard as you can? Yeah. So about three years ago, I had someone close to me go through cancer. It wasn't, um, you know, life threatening, life altering at that point, but it still kind of got my mind shifting. Like, Hey, I just went through this experience with this person that's super close to me. My family went through it. Like this was traumatic. That kind of set that the gears in motion, yeah. Um, and then I started talking to a lot of friends that were selling uh, lab equipment. I talked to family that was in the medical device space, family that was in the pharmaceutical space, and kind of just asked them like, hey, what do you like about it? What don't you like about it? You know, what's the day-to-day -day look like? And from that, I was able to kind of get a good idea. Um, I mean, for me, going into those conversations, med device kind of always had my heart. I like being able to sell something tangible. I liked ha having that impact on the patient directly. And then those conversations sort of solidified like, hey, med device is the space for you. I love it. I love it. So you figured it was like, hey, it's your thing. Can you kind of give us the step of like what you started to do to, again, you said, oh, for three, you didn't have anything that the, rec <laughs> that the recruiters are looking for. Um, and I always joke around, same with me. I actually just had a recruiter reach out to me and I always laugh because like, 
now that I'm in the world and just like you, as we get more seasoned in it, we'll have recruiters reach out to us all the time, but no recruiter would touch me when I tried to break in. Um, and, and I had one recruiter the whole time and it was literally, I had a recruiter, somebody put me up for it. I made it to the final. I was going to meet with the VP, the VP ghosted me. Uh, I didn't hear from him for four days. The recruiter called me. I called him every day. The recruiter finally got back to me on a Monday and said, yeah, they went with an internal candidate. Uh, good luck with everything hung up, never talked to me again. And like, that was, that was it. So I always (laughs) say that and joke because recruiters are great, but literally guys, you got to understand recruiters are getting paid by placing you. So if you don't have what the most likeliness of getting placed is that B2B president club winner, all that good stuff. Normally they're not going to waste their time because they're like, well, if someone else brings a candidate who has that, they'll probably get the position and get paid. So kind of tell us, you know, what you did, not really using all the recruiters because you probably didn't have everything they were looking for and what you did to get your, your foot in the door and start getting interviews. And again, get yourself a uh, position. Yeah. So like I said, I, I talked to a lot of folks that were close to me and then I started to realize again, med devices where I, where I want to be, how do I get there? So I started my journey in October of 2020, like very beginning of October, I started applying the positions and a lot of those first positions I applied to were, you know, I got hit with the, the automated response. You're not a good fit. Sorry. We went with another candidate. So I got used to those. Um, and then I started leveraging some of my network, you know, the folks that were close to me, Hey, I may not be qualified for this position, but can you pass my resume through? And at least gave me some, some interviewing experience. Yeah. Right. So that was kind of the first steps. And then, like I said, wasn't super qualified, kind of knew that going in, used it as an experience for me to, to grow upon. Um, and then from there, it was like, all right, where, where am I a good fit? Right. And, and I, for me, it was that associate role. I kind of figured I was looking a lot of your strikers, Medtronic, stuff like that. Uh, when I first started looking, figured the associate role would be the path for me. So I would yep. apply, I would then go on LinkedIn find out who the recruiter was in my area of the country. Uh, even if they weren't my state, I'd still DM them and be like, Hey, my name is Zach. Here's my background. Here's why I think I'm a good fit for this role. Would love to catch up. Thanks. Here's my number. And honestly, I would say I probably got a response like 75% of the time, whether it was like, awesome, let's connect or sorry, sorry, resume, not a good fit. You know, yep. either way I was getting a response. So I think that's definitely a great tool yeah. uh, to, to kind of leverage. And then I think over my, the course of my, my, my journey, um, I interviewed at about six, seven, eight different companies, probably had 10 or 11 interviews total yep. or positions that I interviewed for in those companies made it to, you know, round three or four in some of them final rounds in the other and they went internal so which I found to be a very common trend Uh, (laughs) yeah but you know at the end of the day I kept kept reminding myself like right it's discouraging to get those no's and you do all this legwork and you you reach out to people and you connect and you, you go online before these interviews and for me I was putting in like hours of studying the products learning about the company just making sure I knew everything and then trying to like recite that back to my fiance. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. like making sure I could go and prepared. Um, but I always had to remind myself through all those no's like, Hey, maybe it wasn't the right fit. Right. Yep. Like, maybe the right fit hasn't come along. So I continued networking, reached out to folks that I wasn't even connected with on LinkedIn, but were in the medical device space, whether it was from my hometown, my state, 
area of the country. It's just like, hey, we'd love to catch up. Yeah. Like, like you're a recruiter, you've been in the space for X amount of years. Walk me through like what it takes. And the amount of times I got like, go work for something that's B2B or go do something that gets you experience. I, I can't even count that number on two hands. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was the typical answer I got. Um, but, you know, eventually I, I connected with the guy pretty well, uh, passed my resume along and um, ended up getting a job a full year, like almost exactly a full year later, I got That's the offer awesome. where I am now. So pretty up and down process. But like the big thing for me is don't lose sight of that end goal. Like, no, if, if you're in it and you really want to do it, you're going to experience the nose. You're going to experience like some of that, that turmoil but you got to know at the end of the day, this is where I want to be. I got to get behind a device or a product that I really like that I know I can support. And that's where I ended up. Yeah. I love that, man. And just in that story, I just want to touch on a couple of things that you said. Number one is, you know, getting told no, the roller coaster of, that's why I always said it was a roller coaster, right? Like one minute yep. you're, you get a call and you're like a finalist and you're, you're jumping around and literally the next day before you even you're, as you're prepping for the interview, sorry, they went with someone internal, you know, like yeah. it, it happens so much and it, it can be a roller coaster, but that you, what you're touching on is like what I want the listeners to hear. It's grit. It's, you just can't quit. Like that was always my mindset. If I don't quit, I'll eventually get in, you know, mm -hmm. and, and to hear your story, like for everybody listening, I have people reach out after a month who've reached out and they haven't got in they're like, I'm ready to quit. Right. And you guys literally just heard Zach say, Hey, almost a year later it took to get the offer. Right. And that's what I want you guys to really understand. I say this to all the time, you know, for me, it was just under six months, about six months, you know, I was willing to do a year. I was willing to do two years because like I said, I told people I was too stubborn to go get the B2B sales experience um, because I was like, I felt like I had what it took to be it. But what the reason I'm just touching on this is I want you guys to really hear it's grit. You, It's not all sunshine and rainbows. It's tough. No different than once we break in where we're talking offline about, you know, how your days are. Some days, great, awesome, yep. right and high. There's other days you get 18 emails and you're like, I just want to stop because 17 of them are horrible things about the day, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's just part of the job. It's part of the roller coaster, but you just have to continue to stick with it and not quit like Zach's story to get in. And then again, Zach, let, let's kind of put that into how did you kind of come in to skip that associate sales rep and kind of come in as a, as a rep? Yeah, I mean, that was part of my story, honestly, like, right? They asked, you know, why I wanted it, why it was a good fit. And I was like, I've been doing this for a year. Like yep. I could have quit eight months ago, six months ago. This is what I want to do, right? Like I have a passion for it. I have a personal connection to it. Like I want to be in the space. I want to make a difference in these patients' lives. And that was kind of the thing that was like, okay, it, that, that resonated with them, it seemed like. Yep. Um, and, and truthfully, you know, I was going to be brought on as an associate. And then uh, final interviews kind of came and they were just like, yep you know what, you're getting the, uh, this, this portion of the territory to yours, we're carving it out. So I, <laughs> I, love was like, that. I was like, all right. I mean, you're going to have to train me because <laughs> you know, I'm over three on those big things, but let's do this. Let's, let's get this going. I'm excited. So yeah, I felt, I fell into a, a very, very good position with a great company, a great team that was there to support me. So, um, I mean, it doesn't always work out that way, no, but I yeah. think if, again, if, if you find the right position with the right company and you feel really good about it, 
chances are you're gonna you're gonna be able to be put in a good position yeah 100 i always tell people it should be kind of like if you guys went to college right like when you chose your college home usually it, you they always say it should feel right right whether that's or maybe it's with your significant other when you found the right one it should feel right. You know, like that's the talk I've had with people. Same thing with your company. It should feel right. It, it should be a good choice. You know, your, your gut's going to usually tell you how you're feeling with everything, but also just like Zach said, you know, same with me. I, I came in as a full line sales rep. I was expected to take the associate sales rep role. That's what I had been networking with. And then same thing, things fell through. Um, two people quit the both territory managers quit. The, my associate that I was friends with got the one end. The other one was left open and they're like, we believe you have what it takes. Right. And I tell yeah. people, that's just God working. I, I worked my butt off, but also just fell into the right area um, with it. But the thing I just want you guys to see is like, you just have to be willing to do whatever it takes to a get in and, and be okay with being an associate. And sometimes things get crazy and you don't always do that. Um, but also just kind of spinning off that is going from the associate to that TM. Like Zach commented earlier, maybe the right fit's still out there. And let me promise you, it is. You know, like there, like again, I'd say this. I got four job offers. If I would have took the other three, I got a job offer out in Atlanta for a, a different company mm-hmm. that would have been an associate sales rep role. Nothing wrong with that, but I would have been traveling all the time, and I would have been living a way different life. I would have had to uprooted my life to Atlanta from Phoenix to not know anybody. I would have been back on that grind, and I would have made half the money. Again, it's not all about the money either. I always just make the state. But I'm telling you, by me, hey, this doesn't really feel right passing on it when it was my only offer to break into the field, but I had been talking to other companies and waiting, I was able to get, you know, the role that I have now. And again, it's, I always joke around. It's like funny how God works. Um, but again, it's just, you have to just work hard and, and just believe that it's got to be the right fit. Just like Zach did, you know, he, it's got to be the right company. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And like, look, I had a thought, I had a lot of jobs that I thought were the right fit throughout the process. Right. And yep. I'm looking back and I'm like, man, boy, was that the wrong fit? Yeah. So it may at the right time feel like it is the right fit. But I think if that job offer does come across your desk, fortunately, like fortunately for me, it didn't. And I didn't have to make that decision. But definitely, definitely look at it. Like definitely make sure that, okay, this is the right fit for me. Like you said, am I uprooting my life? Am I being an associate versus a full line rep role? Like weigh those options and then go, and make your decision after seriously thinking about it. hundred percent. That's one thing I, I talk to people all the time, especially in interviews, you know, like, and I know you did this as well. You know, I made them sell to me because I knew I had what it took. And when I was with some of these interviews, like at the time, my, my final interviews, right. I was going, I was already had job offer and I had, I was interviewing with two other companies plus the company I got right now. So I, I was a commodity that was getting looked at by others. So I made them sell to me and made sure that it was a right fit for me. I didn't just take any job that came my way because again, it had to be the right fit that made sense for me, nobody else. Right. And that's the thing I want you guys to always think about. It doesn't like, I hear this all the time. They get offered a job and they're like, well, I don't know if it's the right fit, but I don't want to make them mad but are, are you willing to make your own life mad? Are you willing to like uproot your, like they think more about the other person than themselves. Um, and again, it's never a bad thing, but as the, and this is, I just want to touch on this because I get asked this question a lot. If you do get multiple job offers, how do you deal with it? And my best advice is just being honest. I called the guy who gave me the job offer. Even when I didn't have anything, I told him, I was like, Hey, I have a couple options here. I feel comfortable with what I'm doing here. I'm just going to stay here. And he totally respected that. And he's like, Hey, I feel honored to be able to give you the first job offer that you've received in this field. I know you'll do great. Let's stay in touch. Right? Like as long as you can be open and honest with people, it's always going to work out for you. So that's my one piece of advice to you guys.
Yeah. And, and kind of to hit on a few things that you've mentioned earlier, and I know your guests have mentioned it like a million times as well. Networking is like top of the line when it comes to this industry, right? You, you kind of yeah. got to put yourself out there to be able to make those connections. And then when you finally do get those connections and you do get an interview, like go, go and prepare, put the extra hours in, like make sure you know the products in and out. And look, they don't expect you to be an expert. You're, you're interviewing for a position, right? But at the end of the day, if you can go in and talk about, you know, a certain device or a certain drug or whatever it may be and how it's applicable to a patient or a patient journey and better outcomes, better patient outcomes, like that goes a long way with them. Yeah. Um, so that, that, those are just my, you know, two little points that you always hit on that I also want to touch base on as well. And I love it. I, that was actually my next question. What advice would you give people trying to break <laughs> in um, to this field? But that, that, again, yeah, networking is huge, but is there anything, you know, like Zach, cause I say this all the time, we'll, we'll have them where they can find you, but like people are going to f- listen to this and they're going to reach out to you and be like, Hey Zach, congratulations. Kind of just want to touch base, kind of pick your brain. What, what's your advice you're giving to people who, again, I, ha- I got asked this great question. It was like, it doesn't matter if they're just graduating college or they're coming from sales. They have sales experience. Um, what, what's your advice to people breaking in? Because again, you did it with none of the above and you got a full line sales rep. Yeah. So aside from those two things, uh, for me, it's practice, right? Like I, I was a collegiate athlete. And if I just showed up on game day without practicing all week, probably going to have poor performance, right? So if you go into that interview without, you know, practicing some of the questions, making notes for yourself, learning the product, like you're going to be unprepared. It's going to be evident. Um, So that's probably my biggest thing is just make sure you're prepared, prepare like you have the job already. Like you're going into, into that interview, like, Hey, I'm prepared for them to offer me this at the end of the day. Here's why I have all this information in my bag. Like, let's use it. Because if you're not, it, they'll know right away. And, and I don't think that uh, you'll probably get to that next step. Yeah, no. And I, I agree hundred percent because again, I joke around with people all the time. This is sales. This is what we do for a living. Right. And, and those managers, they, they just read people for a living. They're hiring, firing all the time. And like, I just tell people I went in not cocky, but confident because the, the, here's the difference between confident and cocky. Cocky is they want something, but they haven't done the work. Confident is somebody's like done the work and they know they're, their time is like every NBA player, right? Those guys have shot millions of shots. That's why there's a bit of confidence in there because they've done so much work. They know it's going to happen, right? Compared to the person who's just like, I think, and they'll be cocky, right? And I say that all the time. When I went into my final interviews, I was the right person for the job. I was every single time. And I, I would even say this. If you don't go with me, or I, I'd be like, I'm your right candidate and I will make a difference. But if you decide not to go with me, that's okay. I totally understand. I wish the best for you. But wherever I go, I'm going to make a difference and I'm going to make a huge impact. I love that. And you know, like, that. because that's just saying, I know I'm sure in myself. And hey, if you don't want to take a shot on me, that's okay. Because again, just like anything, even this podcast, I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I know I might talk or I might say things that people don't like. And that's cool. But like, there's going to be people who are, and I know when it comes into like, for example, like we talk, when it comes into sales, I know I will do what it needs to be done to get the results I need to do. Um, it's just been my life. It's what I've done. I moved out here not knowing one person with no money to my name. I've turned my life around because I'm just, I've put in the practice and I figured it out. So that's just some advice to you guys as well as like, you have to own it. Cause like Zach said, if you don't, these guys will sniff it out within the first question. <laughs> Totally. And like, look, if you can't prepare for an interview, you know, properly and put the time and effort in, that's probably a direct 
translation into going into a call with a doctor or covering a case. Like if you can't prepare for an interview, you're probably not going to be prepared for that. Um, so that's, that's kind of my two cents is preparation is key. Like perfect practice makes perfect execution, right? Yep. So you do the little things right from the start. It translates well over into the job. I love it. And that's what I tell people this all the time. Every time they're talking to you and even in the interview, they're seeing how you're acting with a doctor, right? Like when they're right. asking me tough questions, that's not them thinking they're asking me tough questions. They're at, they're thinking, how is Jacob going to respond when a doctor says this to him? And then totally they, want to, they want to see your body language. They want to see if you get frustrated, if you get flustered, if your voice cracks, like all that good stuff, because they want to make sure again, that they get the best candidate for these jobs. And look, you're going to get asked things that you don't know yep. and you're better off. Like I've experienced it already in my short time where a doctor has said something to me or asked me a question and I don't know the answer because I'm new. And it's, it's not about just giving them something to kind of appease them in the moments. Hey, I don't have the answer to that. Or I don't know that. Can I look it up or reach out to someone to get you that answer in an interview? There's probably a better way to phrase that, but if you just make something up on the fly again, they'll, they'll know you don't know the answer. They will, they will know. And second point as Zach will know and, and does know you do that to the wrong surgeon or you do that to almost any surgeon. They know you're lying. You're out. They will never use you ever again because you just, again, because that's somebody's mom, father, dad, brother mm -hmm. on the table. And because you're too prideful to be like, I don't know. And I'll figure out the answer. You just gave a bull crap answer. That could be totally wrong to this doctor. And those doctors, you'll learn, they don't have time for that. They're there for the patient. They're not there to like get told what they want to know. Like they're asking you real questions because they want the best outcome for the patient. So like Zach said, once you guys break in, I've said this a hundred times, but I'll say it one hundred and one. Please don't ever say something you don't know. Please don't lie. Always just tell the truth. Say you'll figure it out. You'll get back to them. You'll email them. You'll get back to them within twenty four seven or twenty four hours. Because I promise you, if you, even if you say yeah, but it's like questionable, or they follow you up with another question and you they know that you're wrong or you don't know what you're talking about, most likely that will probably be your last surgery with that surgeon. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't agree more and, and then kind of tailing off that you mentioned follow-up right like follow up with the surgeons then once you get into it but once you're in that interview phase follow up with each person you interview with that you speak with just say hey you know thanks for the time this is what I learned looking forward to the next steps or you know appreciate you filling in uh, some of the gaps or questions that I had you helped prepare me for this next interview you know that follow-up goes a long way and again it shows interviewer or, or hiring managers like, okay, if he's following up with me in an interview, he's probably going to follow up with our customers. Yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, Zach, first off, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Uh, second off, congratulations on making it in, man. I'm so proud of you and, and know you're going to do great things. You're going to have plenty of success. So I'm excited to see that. But before we hop off, where can people find you? Uh, LinkedIn is probably the best bet. Um, you know, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'll, I'll check that out as well, but uh, I am private. So <laughs> we'll see, but I'd so your weirdos don't try to request and go into <laughs> his private life. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn's your best bet. Uh, and if you connect me on LinkedIn, we can have a conversation, follow up text, email, call, whatever it may be. 
but more than happy to help you guys out. I know Jacob's done a, a tremendous job helping a bunch of folks, including myself. So I want to extend that, that favor and gratitude as well. I love it. I love it. And the, and the only thing I always say to people is two things. If you're going to reach out to somebody, come prepared. Um, it's just disrespectful to not come prepared. I've been on too many calls where people are like, uh, 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 and you know, like I, I, I talked to too many people to do that. So same with Zach, Zach's busy. He just became a full line sales rep. He's running his own territory. So again, you guys, if you are going to take the time, reach out, do that. Number two, please don't be weird. Um, I, and I will put that on the podcast again. I have been getting text messages. There's sometimes I'm, I'm, thinking about stop helping people because I get a bunch of weirdos that message me. And they, and they also, um, one thing I want to state on here since we're talking about it, boundaries. If you text me on a Friday night, Saturday, or Sunday, I will go out of my way to never message you back. Um, and let me just tell you why, because I, the people who are messaging me will probably watch this. It's because you're so selfish, you're thinking about yourself and not my personal time. I'm here to be a resource and help you guys. And again, I love helping everybody. But again, when people text me on a Saturday night, when I'm, when I was used to like, when I'm trying to have a date night or I'm just trying to, you know, relax and not think about work. Like it just shows me who the, what those people's priorities are and that they're literally so focused. They don't even think to consider who they're messaging. So if you texted me on a Friday, Saturday or Sunday, and you have followed me, followed up several times and you have not heard back to me, it is because I am going out of my way to not text you or follow up with you because you thought it was a great idea to text me on a Saturday. So I just wanted to say that Zach uh, for all the listeners who are out there. So again, don't text Zach on a Saturday or Sunday because he'll probably not get back to you as well. (laughs) I love it, man. I love it. Well, Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, You know, this has been great. And if folks that listen to the podcast, you know, shoot me a text, email, whatever. I'll respond and uh, make sure you give Jacob a five-star rating as well. Follow him on YouTube. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Hey, you know the pitch I'm going into. So if you guys are watching on YouTube, if you can like and subscribe, it always helps us grow the channel. If you guys are listening on the podcast, a five-star review helps us get to more people and teach them about this awesome industry. Now, if you guys haven't, new to medical device sales. I have a 30, 60, 90 day plan. You guys can go there, put your email in and you will get it. It'll just shoot it right over to you. Um, we're doing weekly um, emails as well. So if you guys put your email in there or you want to email, we're just doing resources that will help you guys. Also, you can get the guide to break in basically everything I did to get four job offers with no previous sales experience. And then also my new book, First Year in just teaching about my first year in medical device sales, everything I did, everything I learned, what I wish I would have known, everything I've done to have success to take the lowest performing territory in the nation and bring it to the top 10. Um, So if you guys would like to grab that, again, new to medical device sales, the link is in the description. If you guys would like to reach out, new to medical device sales on TikTok, on Instagram, LinkedIn, Jacob McLaughlin, YouTube as well. Again, happy to help you guys. I'm, I will always get on a call with people. Um, but again, as I get more busy, that is something I am doing is protecting my time. So again, if it's LinkedIn, I don't care. You guys can message me whenever because I'll get on and I'll check that whenever I'm free. But if you guys message me and then you get my number, um, make sure you do not text me on a Friday night, Saturday or Sunday, because I will make sure not to ever talk to you again. So we'll end it on that. But Zach, thanks again for taking time out of your night and wish you the best, man. Yeah, you as well. Thanks, man. Thank you.